Amen. John 15. We have had a busy, busy week. Uh, this past week, we, we, Monday, we were in uh, Albertville. We went with Brother Nelms to Albertville to, to share DMD and the ministry there with uh, several pastors in Albertville. And then when we were leaving Albertville, we got a text from a pastor in Rome saying, it's going to be exciting to see you tomorrow. I said, yes, that will be exciting because I did nothing about it. Amen. Uh, but we had the opportunity to go to Rome, uh, Georgia yesterday and uh, uh, spoke at the Refuel Conference, uh, church planning conference uh, put on by Liberty University. And uh, it was a really good, good event there. And so we need to be praying, praying that God will challenge those pastors and encourage those pastors to get busy winning souls for the gospel's sake. Say amen. And, uh, and, and here's what we've been doing for three months. I went back and checked right before I come out here because I wanted to be sure I wasn't lying to you. But for three months, we've been focusing and concentrating on the Great Commission. How many of y'all that know you've been here all that time? You've heard it, right? We've learned how to share our faith. We've learned about missions. We've been given to missions all year, uh, which will culminate this coming Sunday. And hopefully we'll be able to raise enough for... 1,000 churches planted this year. So I'm excited about that. But I want to, I want to stay with that focus. I want to stay with that focus. We, um, we talked about the last verse that we're going to read tonight was one of the verses that, uh, brother Nelms used Sunday and about that God chose us to go bear fruit and that our fruit remains. How many of y'all remember that Sunday? Say amen. Well, we're going to go back to verse one and come all the way through from one to 16 and, and, and just dig a little deeper. He doesn't have as much time on Sunday to be able to do that. Well, we got time tonight. So we're going to, we're going to just dig in a little bit and talk about having fruit that remains. That's our goal. That's our dream. That's our desire. We've been focusing on it. We've been praying about it. We've been studying it and, and trying our best to practice sharing our faith and evangelizing and mission. So let's, let's jump into this tonight. How many of y'all ready? Say amen. amen. John 15, verse number one, <clears throat> Jesus is speaking. He says, I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word, which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much, what? Fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. Now, we, this, is, this is the third time we've seen that word. Well, actually, the fourth time we've seen that word, fruit, in these uh, five verses. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. Men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. 
This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love is no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Now let's all read verse 16 together. 16 is summing everything up from verses 1 through 15. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth, and that your should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Now let's read it again real slowly. Let's read it again real slowly. Help us out there at Fairview. I want you to be reading it so loud I can hear you here. Here we go. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth and that your should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Let's pray. Lord, you know how much I need you right now. Lord, I desperately need the Holy Spirit to help me. Give me the strength. Give me the, the ability to, 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 to produce and, and, and present this word in such a way that every person can understand clearly what you're trying to say. Lord, I pray that you'll motivate us tonight. I pray that you'll help us tonight. Challenge us, encourage us, convict us, Lord. I pray that we'll, we'll be set on fire to go share our faith, to go tell somebody about the Lord Jesus. I pray that you will help us as we try our best to uh, 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 fulfill the great commission in Temple Baptist Church. Lord, we'll thank you and we'll praise you. Lord, don't let me say anything I shouldn't. and Don't let me forget anything I should. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Verse 16 clearly just describes what what he's been saying in the whole chapter. Uh, we know fruit can be many things, but its primary thing, I believe, is what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, good works is fruit. Giving, generosity is fruit. Uh, the fruits of the Spirit, you know, love, joy, peace, love, you know, all those things, those characteristics there. But here is something he specifically says in verse number 16 to help us really decipher what Jesus is talking about here. He says in verse 16, you have not chosen me, but I've chosen you. And in other words, this was my idea. You didn't come to me. I came to you. Now, I don't know about you, but that really, it it, it inspires me and it encourages me because, listen, I wasn't looking for God. God came looking for me. I couldn't get to where God was, but God could get to me. The psalmist said, I waited patiently on the Lord and he inclined unto me and he heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my foot on a rock and established my goals. I couldn't get out, but he came to where I was. I came to you. I chose you. I picked you. When you couldn't get to me, I came to you. And then he says this, ordained you, appointed you. I have a plan for you. Listen, God's plan was not just so you could get a ticket out of hell and a place in heaven. God's got a plan for you. He said, I have ordained you. 
that watch this now, watch this. Let's look at these words that ye should. Okay. All right. Y'all got a Bible open chapter 15, verse 16. You ready? That ye should go. Now stop. Now say it again. That ye should. And then. So, so let's say this. Go and bring. All right. Let's say it. Say it again. And bring. Can you, can you bring, can you bring, uh, can you bring good works? No. But you can bring somebody. Are y'all with me? Now let's compare this to the verses at the top of your page. Let's, let's compare this to the verses at the top of your page. He said, go and bring forth fruit, right? Psalms 126, 5. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that, oh yeah, he that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless with rejoicing. What's he going to do? Bringing his sheaves with him. If you go, you'll bring. Are y'all with me? This is what he's talking about. He's talking about people. He's talking about fruit. Fruit are people that you have shared your faith with, people that you have won. Fruit is the people that are being won overseas because of the mission dollars that you give. Somebody say amen. amen. Proverbs eleven thirty: the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. He that win his souls is John four thirty five. Say not ye that there are four months and then cometh what? Harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, look on the fields, they are white already to harvest. He that receiveth wages and gathereth what? Unto life eternal. Does fruit unto life eternal sound like fruit that remains? Think about it. Think about it. This is people. This is people. Do you realize in this chapter here, Jesus is chewing out his disciples? This is the chapter we studied it in the very beginning of the of the verses in, in I think it was in July when we talked about uh, uh, when the disciples left the the woman at the well with Jesus and goes into the city of Sychar comes back and didn't bring anybody. Are y'all with me? Say Amen. Jesus was not happy with that. He was not happy with their response. He said, I sent you to, to reap where somebody else has already sowed. In other words, I sent you into easy picking and you didn't bring forth no sheaves. He says, what are you thinking? They were thinking this. It's not time yet. I, 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 it's not ready yet. He said, quit making excuses. Quit saying it's not time. The fields are white already to harvest. Are y'all with me? Say Amen. He that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. That both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Herein is that saying true. One soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored and ye entered into their labors. Romans 1.13. This is Paul speaking. This is Paul speaking. He says, now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purpose to come unto you but was let hitherto. In other words, I was, I was prevented from coming. But he said, I wanted to come to Rome. I wanted to come to where you are that I might have some fruit among you, even as among other Gentiles. What's he saying? I wanted to win some people to Christ. I wanted some fruit among you. I wanted to come share my faith with you. I wanted to come preach the gospel to you because I wanted some fruit 
Now, now, can we all agree right here that, 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 that in this application, we are talking about people. We are talking about bearing fruit, bringing the gospel to people, winning them to Christ, seeing them come to know the Savior as you know him. Amen? Now, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? I've, I've been really uh, uh, burdened about our Timothys in, in DMD. They are trained. You say, what is DMD? For those that uh, you, you've heard us talking about it, but you've never been involved in it. DMD is simply this. Chapter one of DMD is how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You cannot serve Christ without being filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't think you need to go to Walmart without being filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Not just soul winning, but we learn to be filled with the Holy Spirit and led by the Holy Spirit. Then in chapter two, we learn to tell our story. We learn that our story is our life before Christ, how we came to Christ and our life after Christ. We share our story because God told us to go tell. How many of y'all remember the demoniac? Full of demons. Uh, Jesus cast all the demons out. He wanted to go with Jesus. And Jesus, no, 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 no. I want you to go home to thy friends and what? Tell them. Say it with me. Tell them. Tell them your story. Tell them what good things God has done for you. And then chapter three, we learn to tell God's story. What is God's story? It's the gospel. It's the gospel. G-O-S-P-E-L. Amen. God made us all to live with him. Our sins have separated us from God. Uh, sin cannot be uh, taken away by good deeds, amen? But paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. Well, if we'll put our faith in Christ, we will have eternal life. We will be saved. Somebody say amen. amen. Everlasting life to everyone that puts their faith in Christ. Life today begins with Christ and lasts forever. The simple gospel for all whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so we're teaching them to go share their faith. We're holding them accountable to go share their faith. Hey, every week we'll say, did you share your faith this week? Did you share with somebody this week? Did you witness to somebody this week? Why? We're teaching them to share, to win people, to bring in fruit. Fruit. We want to be a church that bears fruit. We want to come again rejoicing, bringing our sheaves with us. I'm telling you, there's nothing in the world that brings more joy than winning somebody to Christ. Nothing, nothing. And so in this chapter, man, there's some things that stand out that will help us with this, that will help us with the, with the calling that we have, with the responsibility that we have to bring forth fruit. Now, how many of y'all, let's be honest, how many of y'all, even though it might scare you to death, how many of y'all say, preacher, I really want to be a fruitful Christian? Yeah. Amen? Now, here's the thing. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. It starts with this. In the very first verses, in the very first verses, Jesus said, I'm the vine, ye are the branches. If ye abide in me and I in you, ye shall bear much. He said, but without me, ye can do now watch this. This is so cool. Number one, number one, if we're going to bear fruit, we got to understand it begins with relationship. Relationship. If a healthy man and a healthy woman come together and they love each other and they're intimate, it's going to create fruit. If there is relationship, if there is communion, if there is closeness, if there is intimacy, there's going to be fruit. 
Jesus says, I want you to abide in me. He gives the illustration of a vine. You have a vine and a branch is connected. It is connected to the vine. Through the vine, it gets its nutrients. It gets everything it needs to bear fruit. But if you are disconnected from the vine, you're going to wither up and die. And Jesus said, your ability to bear fruit is going to be based, watch this now, it's going to be based on your connection with me. What is he saying? Your relationship with me is critically important to your ability to bear fruit. What does that mean for all my Timothys in here? All my Timothys in here, you can have every verse in the Bible memorized. You can have your story memorized. You can go to every law center in this county and tell them your story. But if you're not walking with Christ and you're not walking close with Christ, you're not going to bear fruit. Your relationship with Christ is critical to your ability to bear fruit in your life. Three things I want you to write down here. It is so important. It is so important. Your relationship and your connection with Christ is so important to God. The vine dresser, the husbandman, the, we would say the farmer, amen. The one who cares for the vine. It is so important. It is so critical that he will do things. He will do things to increase your connection and your ability to have relationship with Christ. Three things, write this down. First, I want you to see, I want you to see the cutting involved. <clears throat> write that down. He says the branch, and you're the branch, by the way. Every Christian is the branch. The branch is where the fruit comes from. He said if a branch bears fruit, he throws a party and celebrates. Is that true? What's it say? If he, if he, if, if the branch bears fruit, he says, well done. Does he do that? No. What's he do? He purges it. Word purge means to prune, means to cleanse, to clear, to cut. Preacher, what are you saying? When you get saved and you start producing a little bit, things change in your life a little bit and you get closer to Christ a little bit, then all of a sudden, all hell breaks through in your life. Do I have a witness? Things start going wrong. Things start happening. Things begin to get a little difficult. And God begins to cut some things in your life. He begins to cut some people out of your life. And, you, and that is painful. And sometimes we think that God is mad at us or angry at us. But all he's doing is trying to get it possible where you can bear more fruit. There's cutting involved. He's not going to stay. He's not, no, he ain't going to let you stay where you are. He's not going to let you stay in that place because he's got bigger plans for you. And I promise you this. God's plans for you are way bigger than your plans for yourself. My plans was to go be my dad's associate down at Bethel and, and, and when he retired, take over there and that little, and it would have been a, a way smaller realm of ministry. God had bigger plans than mine. And God's got bigger plans for you. But sometimes he's got to cut some things out. 
He's got to cut some things away. He, listen, that vine dresser will come in there and cut away dead leaves and dead branches that will uh, have insects and disease infested in it. He'll cut away dead things. But I've learned this. They'll go and cut away live things too. There's branches that will come up. That's not bad. That's not bad. But it's crowding out the ability to bear more fruit. Are y'all with me? Say amen. He's wanting fruit. And there's a cutting that's involved. Listen, not only cutting, but I want you to see the cleansing. The cleansing. He said, you're clean through the word. And by the way, it goes back to that word purge too. Purge, cleanse. Uh, Just think the word castor oil. Or Taco Bell, either one. (laughs) You know that's funny, Josh. Laugh, son. You know that's funny. Sometimes God has to clean us up. Sometimes, sometimes the world has affected our ability to bear fruit. But the Bible says you're clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. I'm so glad that when we get stupid on God, we can get in the Bible and just spend some time in the Bible. It's like taking a good bath. There's something about God's word that will sanctify and to cleanse and to clear our minds. And if if your mind's been dirty, just, just just start reading your Bible and spending time in God's word. And it'll just filter all that garbage out. That might be half of our problem anyhow. We're ingesting Way too much stuff. Way too much stuff. We need to get God's word in there. Cleansing, clearing. Say amen. But then, then see, write this down. There's, there's cutting involved. God's got to get some things out of our life so we can abide. There's cleansing involved. The Bible says if we, and, and you, we go, I didn't, I didn't read it, but if you go there in 1 John, you'll find out it says if we, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we what? We lie. Now, fellowship is required for fruit bearing. You know, if, you, if, 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 if a husband and wife never have time to fellowship, there's not going to be any fruit. If they are separated, if they are not close, then what's the point? You cannot fellowship with God walking in darkness. Matter of fact, you can't even fellowship with God walking in the shade. God is... Light. Say it with me. God is light. In him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But he says in one, uh, uh, first John one nine, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to what? Cleanse. Say it with me. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a blessing that is. Listen, the cutting involved in this relationship, the cleansing involved in this relationship, we got to get clean, guys. We got to get clean. We can't be in fellowship. We can't walk together. And we're not going to have C if we're dirty. So we need some cleansing from the word. Then C, the communion involved. The communion involved. That's that abiding. That's that abiding. That's the time you spend with him. That's the time in fellowship. That's the time in union. You know what the Bible says in, in, in Revelation, in Revelation chapter 3, Revelation chapter 3, one of the last things he says to the, in the letters to the seven churches, and this is specifically to the Laodicean church. 
You know, in, in, in the Philadelphian church, the Philadelphian church age was an age of evangelism, of missions, the great awakenings, all of those things took place in Charles Wesley and John Wesley and, and Jonathan Edwards and, and D.L. Moody and, and Spurgeon and all that. That was during the open door. He says, I placed before you an open door. But in the Laodicean age, the, the lukewarm age, the last age before the coming of Christ, he says, I stand at the door and... He says, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice, I will come in with him and sup with him and he with me. You know what that means? He'll come in around the table. There's fellowship around the table. We will sit and eat together and talk together and communicate together and fellowship together. That's the problem with most children and most families. There's no dinner around the table anymore. They're either on the phone or around the TV. There's no talking and fellowshipping anymore and, and communing together. But Jesus says, if there's communion, if you will fellowship with me, spend time with me, communicate with me, let me communicate with you, let me fellowship with you, you'll bear much fruit. Much fruit. Listen, the more we fellowship with Christ, the more fruit we're going to bear. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. So our relationship, our relationship has so much to do with our ability to bear fruit because this is a spiritual issue. Bearing fruit is a spiritual deal. Winning people to Christ is a spiritual deal. It is a spiritual fight, a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual endeavor. That's why prayer is so important. You can have all, you can have the Romans road memorized frontwards, backwards, sideways, and everywhere and be right in the middle of the many, many centers as Coleman's got. But if you're not walking with God, you see your relationship with Christ is so important when it comes to your ability to bear fruit. Look at number two. We see the relationship <clears throat> Number two. Oh, 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 hang on. I forgot to read that last sentence. That was really good. I want to get to there. Look at that last sentence on, on, the, on your front, your first page. Marriage created the union, but daily devotion maintains the communion. Now, when me and Tammy stood, stood at that garden in, in, in South Carolina and we committed to each other, Marriage brought us together. We were in union together. But what we do every day after that is what creates the communion. And you see, this is the problem in modern day weddings. They spend $52 trillion on this elaborate union. And they have no idea how to create communion. When you get saved, that doesn't fix everything. The moment you get saved, you come to the altar, you get saved, you're forgiven, yes. But then you need to learn how to have a relationship with Jesus. You have to work on communion then. Yes, you are in union. Yes, you become part of the bride of Christ. You are born into the family and you are united with Christ as the bride of Christ, the church. But then you need to learn how to have relationship and communion and a closeness and an intimacy with Christ through worship and prayer, reading your Bible, spending time with God. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Doesn't this start to make sense? 
Listen, it's so important. It's so important. It's so important that Jesus said, matter of fact, I mean, that's not King James, but that's what it meant. Matter of fact, without me, you can do nothing. Nothing. Look at this next one. I want you to see the responsibilities. Now, what are we talking about? What, what is the whole theme and the whole, whole, whole message tonight about? Bearing fruit, right? Fruit that remains. Fruit that remains. First, we saw the importance of relationship. Say that with me. The importance of relationship when it comes to bearing fruit. But then I want you to see our responsibilities. Our responsibilities. What's our responsibilities, preacher? Look in verse 7. Look in verse 7. When you get there, say amen. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Now keep in mind, keep in context, keep in context. We'll automatically go right there. Boy, if I ask for a Mercedes Benz. No, we're talking about fruit bearing. We're talking about fruit bearing. Okay. Now watch. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, we have a responsibility, A, write this down, we have a responsibility to the word. The word of God has a direct connection to your ability to bear fruit. We have a, we have a responsibility to the word. Two things I want you to write down. First, we have a responsibility to consume the word. We have a responsibility to consume the word. Look what it says. If ye abide in me and my words abide where? In you. In you. Look what it says. Colossians 3.16. Colossians 3.16. Let the word of God, or excuse me, the word of Christ dwell in you. How? Richly. That means a bunch of it. This doesn't mean you go home and memorize Jesus wet and think, yes, no, it says richly, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Turn with me, turn with me real quickly. <clears throat> Turn with me real quickly to Psalm 1. Yeah, you guys don't have this on the screen. Uh, uh, so if you didn't bring your Bible tonight, that's why you need to bring it. Psalm 1. Yeah, I love hearing them pages flipping. Now, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? Bearing fruit, right? And, and the connection with the word, right? Right? We got to consume the word. We got to get it in us. Got to get the word in our mind, in our hearts. We got to consume it. Watch what it says. Psalm 1, 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the... Anytime you see the law of the Lord, he's talking about the scriptures, guys. All right? His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate, how? Day and night. Now watch what he's going to be like. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and guess what? 
Whatsoever he doeth shall. But the ungodly are not so. Think about that. His ability to bear fruit and to produce even in desert times is connected to his relationship with God's word. We know what he was doing in his behavior up there. and We'll come back to that. But he said in his law, does he meditate day and night? Meditate means to read it and think about it. Here's the thing. We can't be speed readers. We can't be speed readers. I used to think that I was accomplishing something by, I'm going to read 10 chapters a day regardless. And I'd go through it and I'd get to about chapter seven and I couldn't remember what chapter two was. Does anybody ever have that problem? No, no, no. He says, read it and meditate on it. Think about it. Let it, let it, let it, let it percolate up there. Just, just think about it. Go over in your mind and, and, and meditate on it. Let it do something on the inside because we're wanting it to change our minds, right? We're wanting our minds to be renewed by the scriptures. And the Bible says this, this man that does this. And by the way, blessed means happy, happy. So his ability to bear fruit was directly connected to his treatment of the word of God. Let me say that again. His ability to bear fruit was directly connected to his treatment of the word of God. Don't think you're going to bear fruit if you never pick up your Bible. Don't think you're going to bear fruit if you you, you don't even know where your Bible is. Are y'all with me? We have a responsibility to the word. If we expect to bear fruit, we have to consume the word. We have to read the word and, and we cannot yet. Listen, we, we got to stop. We got to stop superstitious behavior. Putting a Bible under your pillow does nothing but put a kink in your neck. It's, it's not a, it's not a lucky charm. It doesn't work by osmosis. I learned this in marine biology my senior year in high school. In my senior year in high school, shut your ears, mom. I didn't, I didn't need that credit, and I would go to sleep every day. It was, this, it was the last period of the day, and I was wore out, and I had my head down on, on, on the desk every time. Mr. Priest came by, knocked on my, my desk, and said, Mr. Carter. I said, yes, sir. He said, this does not work by osmosis. He said, it's not just going to, the knowledge is not going to soak up into your skull, you know. But how many of us, we, we know that, but we still use the Bible like it's a lucky charm. It doesn't work unless you work it. You got to open it up and read it and meditate on it. That's what it means to let the word of Christ abide in you. He says, you got to open your Bible and read it and meditate on it. Is that not what he said? If my word abide in you. So, so we have a responsibility to the word, to consume the word. But then this, we have a responsibility to obey the word. To obey the word. Look what he says, John 14. Well, let, 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 me, let, me, let, me, let me go here. Let me go here. In verse seven, in verse seven, he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Then, then he said this, verse 10, verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Then he says this, verse 12. This is my 
commandment that you love one another as I loved you. For, verse 14, ye are my friends if ye do. So, so it's not enough to read the word. We got to obey the word. I was, you know, we have this problem. We have this problem in America, especially the American church. We think we're not teaching enough if people are not doing it. The problem's not the teaching. Listen, there's, do you realize there is more teaching, biblical teaching that's available to people today than any time in the history of the church? You can get podcasts, you can get it on the radio, you can get it on TV, you can get it on about every street corner in America. I, I said this, I said this to a, a whole church full of pastors yesterday morning. I said, we're addicted to learning. The American church is addicted to learning. It's that living stuff we got problems with. Man, we want to know the next book and the next conference and the next curriculum. We'll, we'll, finish a, we'll, we'll, we'll finish a discipleship book and wait for the next one. Okay, what's next? What's next? What's, no, 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 no. Go do that one. I said, let me prove it. Because it kind of contradicted the speaker before me. <clears throat> but truth is truth. I said, let me prove it. I said, the last time, guys, I know you have, I know you have any self-respecting pastor has preached on sharing your story, sharing your faith, going and, and sharing the gospel with somebody. I know you have, and I know what happened. Just as soon as you preached on evangelism and going sharing your faith, man, they burnt your city down doing it, didn't they? It was the biggest laughter of the whole day. The pastors was dying laughing. You know why? Because they knew one ear, you know what we do? We just come back next week and say, give us another one. And God's saying, why you didn't do the last one? It's not enough to hear the word. We got to go do it. The Bible says, don't be a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. And, and, and. It even says this, that the man is blessed in his deed. In other words, when he does it, not when he hears it. That makes sense? So if we're going to bear fruit, we have a responsibility to the word, to consume the word. Say that with me, to consume the word, but then to obey the word. Now watch what will happen. Watch what will happen. When we start obeying the word. John 14, 21. Now, now keep in mind, keep in mind, we're talking about fruit, right? Well, y'all done got mad, hadn't you? Hey, I'm telling the truth. You like it, lump it, dump it, whatever, jump it. it. It is what it is. Look, fruit comes from relationship, closeness. Say that with me. Closeness. Closeness. Watch. Watch. John 14, 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him. Watch this now. And will. 
In other words, you'll see Christ like you've never seen him before. That's closeness. Watch this. It's, it's even better. Look at this. John 14, 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, if any man love me or if a man love me, he will keep my words. That's obedience. And my father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. That means, that means I can say, hey, man, what you been doing? I've just been hanging out with God the Father and God the Son. That's closeness. That's intimacy. That's relationship. That's connection. That's abiding. And according to Scripture, the more we do that, the more ability we have to bear fruit. Is this starting to make sense? You see, we have a responsibility, a responsibility to the word, to consume the word, to obey the word. We have a responsibility to prayer, to prayer. Look at this in verse number, verse number seven. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, say it with me. Ye shall. Everybody, one more time. Ye shall. You know what I believe he's saying there? You have not because you. When we're abiding in him and there's a closeness. What does that mean? Let me, let me explain it this way. There are things Tammy can get from me that never one of y'all be able to. Because she has a relationship with me that none of y'all have. She's closer to me than anybody human being in this building. And she can ask things from me and get it from me because of our relationship. And the, and, and the closer we are, the more she can get. Why do we think if we don't spend time on our relationship with God, that it will be any different? Are y'all with me? It's there. I mean, it's right there. So, so my ability to bear fruit is going to be connected to the time I spend with Christ. It's going to be connected to how I treat the word of God, whether I neglect it or not, my treatment of the word of God. It's going to be based on whether I obey the word of God. It's going to be based on if I pray. If I pray and I ask God, because keep in mind, he said, if you'll ask what you will, I'm going to do it. Now, what is the asking about? It's about bearing fruit. In other words, if you have a true desire to bear fruit, if you go to him, if you're fulfilling these things and you say, God, I want, I want fruit. I want to win somebody to Christ. Guess what he's going to do? He's going to bring somebody in your way and give you the opportunity and ability to win someone to Christ. Church, say amen. I know it's quiet in here. I know we hadn't been doing this. That's why I'm preaching on it. Because we need to. We need to. Number three, maybe you'll get happy now. Number three, rewards. I know what you're thinking. Preacher, why didn't you start with that one? Actually, that was going to be the whole outline tonight, but 
You got to get it all. Watch this. Watch this. He said, if you abide in me, my words abide in you. If you'll obey, if you'll keep my commandments. Look what he says in verse 11. These things have I spoken unto you. Because I really want you to do what I say. Is that what he says? No. These things have I spoken unto you because I'm a slave driver. Is that what it says? No. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you. And that your might be. You know what that means? You can't handle no more. Now, when's the last time you were so joyful, you had to tell God, now, ease up. I mean, I've had about as much joy as I can stand, Lord. Think about that. And you know what? This is something that kind of dawned on me. What chapter are we in in John? 15. Do you realize this is right after 14? What do you think, Norm? Do you know what he said in, in chapter 14? Let not your heart be. You know why I said that in 14? Because of what happened in 13. Do you know what happened in 13? He told them that he was going to leave them. He had to die and go back and, 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 and go back to heaven. I mean, this is the one they left everything to follow. Everything. They left their careers and their, 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 their dream, everything to follow this man. And, and he was the one that fed them when they were hungry and calmed them when they were afraid and, and, and healed them when they were sick. And he was everything. And now he's going to leap. Man, they were tore out the frame. They were so troubled. Preacher, why are you saying this? He says, let not your heart be troubled in chapter 14. And then he refocuses them on their mission in chapter 15. And you know what really I started thinking? You know what we need in this COVID era? To refocus. We need to get our minds back on our goal. Get our minds back on the mission. Because our hearts are troubled. And he was reminding them in chapter 15, hey, you got to bear fruit. Everything's going to be all right. One day we're going to be in heaven. We're all going to be in heaven. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and I, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. He's saying, listen, no matter what happens on this earth, when it's all said and done, it's going to be good. But until then, hey, get your eyes back. Refocus. We're here to bear fruit. Church, say amen. Here's the deal. What's the rewards? What's the rewards? First reward, joy. Joy. Joy, joy. Listen, Philippians 4.1. Therefore, my dearly beloved, long for my... He's writing a letter to the, the Christians in Philippi. 
Listen, the ones he has led to Christ and he calls them his what? My joy. And by the way, he's sitting in a Roman prison. A rat infested, nasty hole in the ground. But he says, when I think about those that got saved, they are my joy. (laughs) First Thessalonians 2, 19. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ that is coming? Watch this now. For ye. The converts, the ones that have been won to Christ. For ye are our glory and joy. Man, when I'm able to share my faith and see somebody saved, I'm telling you, it's all I can do not to cut a rug right there wherever I'm at. How'd you feel when you got that phone call about Tia getting saved? You was just as happy as I was, wasn't you? You know why? Because you were planting seeds. I just happened to be the one to water. Been, been, sending, been sending Bible verses almost every day. That's planting seeds. And you know what? He that soweth and he that reapeth rejoice together. Man, I'm telling you, you're missing out on joy when you don't share your faith. There's such a joy to see somebody saved. Man, I'm telling you, I've been able to to win several people in the last few weeks. And I'm telling you, every time, it just thrills me to death. Nothing greater. He that goeth forth and weepeth shall doubtless come again with with rejoicing. Same thing. Bringing their sheaves with them. Amen. Listen, B, what what other rewards, preacher? How about answered prayer? Answered prayer. Look what it says in verse 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. He says, when you do that, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Answered prayer. I tell you what, that's another thing we're living in a day when we need to be able to know we got a hold of God. God will answer prayer. Joy is a reward. Answered prayer is a reward. I love this one. Favor with God. Favor with God. You say, where do you find that? Nine and ten. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Abide, that's that closeness. You say, how did the, how did the father love the son? Well, uh, uh, it says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. 
How many of y'all would agree Jesus had the favor of God on him when he walked on this planet? So oh, God is no respecter of persons. That's right, but he do play favorites. Y'all can believe what you want, but if you think everybody gets an equal treatment from God, you're fooling yourself. Because there are some people that walk a little closer. Mm-hmm. John was right next to him. He would, he would be so close to Jesus, he could hear Jesus' heartbeat. And guess what John got? A revelation. There, there, there is favor with closeness. How many of y'all need God's favor in your life? Let's bear some fruit. So he said, I'm going to love you like my father loved me. Mm-hmm. And abide in that love. There's one thing to be loved, and there's another thing to feel it. One of, one of the greatest books you can ever read is, is the five love languages. Because you can, you can tell somebody you love them and them not feel it. Because you're not speaking their language. What he's saying here, I truly believe, is not, not, uh, the, the, see, not the point of love. Because the Bible says, for God so loved the world. This is a condition. He said, if you will do this, then I'm going to do this. So there is way more to it than y'all with me. His agape love toward me is not conditional. He loves me when I'm up and he loves me when I'm down. He loves me when I'm good and he loves me when I'm bad. He loves me when I'm in and he loves me when I'm out. But there is a favor. There is a special touch on somebody who's close. And all God's people say it. Oh, we got to hurry. Look at this. We see the rewards. And then number four, he gives us the reason why. Why should we bear fruit and have fruit that remains? He says in verse number eight, herein, herein, meaning when we bear much fruit, herein is my father glorified. That ye what? So shall ye be my disciples. Why is it so important that we bear fruit? Because it brings glory to God. Do you realize the only reason that you're on this planet is to bring glory to God? Think about that. God doesn't need you. God is self-sufficient. I, I heard a preacher say one time, put, put your hand down in a bucket of water and then pull your hand back out. The hole you leave is how much he needs you. He made you, created you, designed you, ordained you to bring him fruit, which brings him glory. You say, preacher, what does it mean to glorify God or to bring him glory? It means to make him look good. To make him look good. Now, that's why, look what it says, Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your 
and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Think about this. This is another thing dawned on me today. If people brag about you after you do a good work, you missed it. But if what you did made them brag on God, you got it. Think about that. Let's say that again. If what you did makes them brag on you, you missed it. But if what you did makes them brag on God, you got it. Let them see your good works and glorify your, which is in heaven. Did what you do this week make you look good or did it make him look good? Did your giving make you look good or him look good? Did your serving this week make you look good or him look good? Something to think about. Listen, Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Philippians 1.11, being filled with the fruits of righteousness. There's that word, fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the what? Glory and praise of God. 1 Corinthians 6.20, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore, what's that next word? Glorify who? In your body and in your spirit, which are God's. What does that mean? The moment you got saved, you're not the owner of you no more. The moment you got saved, the moment you got saved, you're not the owner of you no more. The moment you trusted in Christ, it became your responsibility to bring glory to him. And according to this chapter, nothing brings glory to him like bearing fruit. So let's go tell somebody.